All right, it's that time of the week again. Thank you all for joining me on this week's edition of the Tradecast, the Week 8 Tradecast, available at rosterwatch.com, made possible by our pro subscribers, our maniacal and winning football community, fantasy football community at rosterwatch.com. My name is Byron Lambert, and I thank all of you for joining us every week and talking high-level trade strategy with us. Uh, It's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, Please, if you have a chance, go into iTunes, search for this podcast, and give it a stellar, give it a five-star review. We'd really, really appreciate that. And also give us a follow on Twitter, at Rosterwatch. If you like this content, um, you'll find a lot of it and much, much more uh, as we're frequent, frequent uh, users on Twitter. And we engage all of our subscribers there all the time, daily. All right, guys, I've analyzed this thing forwards and backwards, and this is how the Week 8 trade market has taken shape. Uh, A couple of things first. I am seeing in our message boards in the comments section at rosterwatch.com where a lot of our members and uh, subscribers gather to ask their fantasy questions. They help each other there. We get in there every day. We answer as many of those questions personally as possible. It's one of the benefits of being a pro subscriber at rosterwatch.com. And I've seen a whole bunch of talk about Will Fuller, wide receiver, Houston Texans, getting tossed into these multiplayer deals uh, by our subscribers and going out and getting themselves premium players in return. And guys, I got to tell you, we like it. These are the kind of deals that we live for. Will Fuller's a nice fantasy player right now, but that is waiver wire gold, folks. That's what we tell you about every Tuesday on the waiver wire podcast at rosterwatch.com. Um, keep it up. So Will Fuller apparently very much in play in the trade market right now across leagues. He's a player I'm interested in at the right price if I have a need, but most importantly, if we're doing what a lot of you guys are doing, which is taking Will Fuller, packaging him with another solid player, and getting yourself a premium player in return, those are the deals we're looking for. Uh, Mentioned it on yesterday's podcast, I personally just traded away my biggest, dearest workhorse, Melvin Gordon, in my most competitive league. I mean, you guys know if you've listened to us for any amount of time how much we love Melvin Gordon. So it's never a move that I'm looking forward to making. And hell, I have a winning record in that league. It's not even I'm a a losing team. But as I'd mentioned in previous podcasts, Melvin Gordon kind of sits on the border of this very small cross-section of players in fantasy that can be viewed when performing well as elite by other owners in your league in terms of trade value. But in reality, they're not at the level of elite that we believe they can single-handedly win us a season. And while we're perfectly happy to roll Melvin Gordon the rest of the year, or A.J. Green or Devontae Freeman, the other guys that tend to fit into this same category, they're also the type of player, look, we say, we usually love the multiplayer deals where we take two good players and we go get one great player. But every once in a while, look, your different circumstances vary. And depending on the scenario with your team, you may have, you've got to be flexible sometimes. And sometimes we're looking to restock and replenish our roster with these cats. And we're not looking to sell, but we're looking to sell high. And usually we want to be on the side of the fence going for the Melvin Gordon, taking two players and going for the Melvin Gordon. Really, we want to be usually going for a Zeke Elliott or a Le'Veon Bell or an Antonio Brown, that little slice above the Melvin Gordons. And 
but sometimes you got to be on the opposite opposite side of the of the fence. And for me, I have a winning record in this league, but I, due to the competitive nature of it, um, God, I, it's just like the dying salmon swimming up the river. We always talk about. I mean, I don't even recognize the team I drafted anymore. Initially, the strength of my team was running back in a hurry. It's become a weakness. Um, I had shipped off Ty Montgomery previously for. Re- Deshaun Jackson and and others in return, which in retrospect, that looks fine. And now I've had Marshawn Lynch obviously go south on me, not only in terms of production, but mainly in the fact that he's just not available this week. And I'm in a pinch where I can't even field a two starting running backs this week. And then I'm looking at Melvin Gordon on by next week and saying, well, even if I get Lynch back next week, I'm still in a pinch there. So what am I going to do, man? I don't have a lot of options. I at least have to look at selling Melvin Gordon and, and trying to sell him high, you know. And, uh, I mean, Gordon's good enough that I could have tried to patchwork around him, but it was going to make it risky, and I want wins the next two weeks. I'm 4-3. and three. And, you know, I just think I need to restock a little bit for the rest of the season. And so I was able to go, and this is when these deals are okay. I was able to go out and get two starters, in return for Melvin Gordon. I went out and got Jarek McKinnon and Doug Martin in return for Melvin Gordon from a struggling owner who happened to be deep at running back. And, you know, I feel like that's a fair deal. I don't know if it was a sell ultimately high, but I mean, I think it was a little bit. It could be viewed as a sell high. At the very least, it was an equitable sale. I got two very useful assets in return. We've been telling you for weeks that guys like Doug Martin or any other players on the Bucks and on the Dolphins are good trade targets just because they don't have a buy. So that helps my situation, you know, the fact that now I've now I've got it was a two for one. So now I've got an extra I've got extra running back bodies on the roster in a position I was getting thin. I've got buys coming up. Now I've got I've got guys to fade those buys. This just makes me better. This really just I believe this makes my roster better every week it helps me fade the buys it makes me deeper it gives me more flex options and truthfully as good as gordon is you can't say for any certainty that he's going to be better than doug martin the rest of the way i think he is but i mean trust me doug martin's best days are still ahead of him in that offense this season he's trending upwards so you know and mckinnon is not traditionally a guy that we've really ever loved that much but you got to admit what you're seeing this year and that's an improved player on an offense that has to rely on him, especially if in any type of PPR format, which this league is that I'm in. And Latavius Murray sucks. So I think this was a pretty reasonable deal. So if you guys, I know we're always talking about being on the other side of the fence. If for some reason you're in a situation like this and you need to understand how a deal like this should look, there is an example for you guys. Um, but certainly if you keep Melvin Gordon, you know, that he's a great he's a great keep and let me tell you a little dirty little secret even though he had the down week this last week at Denver that was predictable and he's got the juiciest matchup at New England in terms of on paper for fantasy running backs this week so his value is not that depressed and he's got a buy next week and then after that it I won't call it a murderer's row but he's got a greater than average difficulty he's got a slightly difficult schedule the rest of the way the rest of the fantasy season. Not a bad time uh, to looking at selling Melvin Gordon high if you're in a situation like mine that 
that called for me to at least investigate it. And in this situation, the right deal came along and I was comfortable with it. So I did it. And if by some chance Melvin Gordon's a buy low in your league, which I don't think he is, maybe this says that he's in play. Maybe he's a guy just to at least take a look at. All right, guys, here are the sell highs for the week. A couple of them that Alex and I talked about on the podcast yesterday. Uh, Jarvis Landry in Miami. I mean, he's had really good production lately. This is what you've been waiting for. He's just one of the... Jarvis Landry is a really good football player, and he gets a lot of targets. He's just so inefficient in terms of the production that comes from those targets. He's a low-ceiling fantasy player. He's a decent asset to have if you have him, if you like him, if you want to keep him. That's fine. We're just saying it's a low-ceiling deal, and that's not what we're looking for when we're trying to get over the top down the stretch here. So we see Jarvis Landry as a guy that um, you should try to package him in a multiplayer deal for one good player in return. It'd be a really, really smart move. Maybe listen to some of the buy low wide receivers I got coming up next, and you can aim for some of those guys and maybe just upgrade your wide receiver position uh, as we're getting a little deeper into the season. Uh, Amari Cooper, a different animal than Jarvis Landry. Uh, He's going to get volume the rest of the season. We've seen the volume all year. And, I mean, he's not going to be as bad as he was, and we all knew that, and that's why we were talking about him possibly being a buy low the last few weeks on this very podcast. I tried to trade for him last week. I had the deal killed at kickoff. I was trying to pull the trigger on him and get him in my league, and, and I wasn't even that hot for him. But there's a lot of things that said, made sense about Cooper. Um, but, I mean, I think people have short memories. This was a monster this week. Now they're thinking Amari Cooper is back. Derek Carr is back. I just don't see him as a consistent week-to-week option. I don't think he's a must-sell. But if you can sell high, I certainly think you should investigate it. I'm not married to Amari Cooper for the rest of the year. Uh, If I can get a player I I trust more in return, I'm certainly looking at it. With Cooper, I think you can use the Jarvis Landry method and try to go multiplayer with him and get a good player in return. I think with Cooper, you can trade him straight up for a running back or a tight end or maybe even a quarterback if you need somebody just solid one for one for one in return. I also believe Cooper may be the type of player you can break out into two lesser players that you view as buy lows that you think you contribute to your team and maybe help fill out your roster if you're a little bit depleted. I think there's a lot of maneuverability with Amari Cooper right now and he's certainly a guy that we need to be investigating uh, in our leagues uh, what to do with him and possibly selling high look we say it at some point once you're a sell high every week you're just not a sell high because you are what you are and you got to start to wonder if that's the case with Chris Thompson in Washington they've got their bye week behind them you know I just still am of the school of thought that if this is the highest your value's ever been in your career and, and this is still going to be a three-man backfield. He, he, he's a guy you have to at least consider selling high. You have to continue considering selling Chris Thompson high. I mean, what if you could take Chris Thompson and Jarvis Landry or Chris Thompson and Amari Cooper and go get yourself something premium in return? I think those would be really, really smart moves. What if you could take Chris Thompson and Jarvis Landry... I'd probably take 
Chris Thompson and Amari Cooper and maybe go get A.J. Green, somebody like that, you know, could you do something like that? You may, maybe you're quote-unquote overpaying, but one of those guys is going to be on your bench come playoff time anyways, and what we're trying to do is load the equity into our starting roster slowly but surely as we're moving towards playoff time here. Uh, a few more running backs here that I think are sell highs. Anytime Latavius Murray has a good game, he's a sell high. He was still on the shit end of the snap counts with Jarek McKinnon. That team is going to be playing from behind. McKinnon is just a better player. Uh, Murray's going to be impossible to predict from week to week. I think it's still early in that timeshare, and there could be people still from the school of thought that Murray is the supposed to be the guy when Cook went out and that this game showed it. And if that's the case, absolutely. Ship him off. Use him like Chris Thompson. Put him in one of these multiplayer deals. Put him in a multiplayer deal and get yourself somebody that you can trust, somebody that's actually good at football in return. A couple more here. Uh, I'd put Shady McCoy owners. It's not the same category. It's certainly a different category than the Chris Thompsons and the Latavius Murrays of the world, just based on his workload, based on the fact that it looks like that team is positive, trending in a positive direction. He finally got in the end zone this week. But, man, I've been goosey on LaShawn McCoy since the offseason, since the preseason. It was underwhelming all the way until this week. Everybody knew this week was going to be good. It was coming off the bye. He had a little more juice. I don't trust him long-term the rest of the way. I don't think you have to sell him, but if I'm a LaShawn McCoy owner, this is the opportunity I've been looking for to see if I can ship him out high. I'd advise you to consider doing so as well. And then last but not least of our sell highs for week eight on the week eight trade cast available at rosterwatch.com and made available uh, by our pro community, our, our maniacal and winning pro community, our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. Um, for those of you who aren't, come join us. Become a winner in just a couple minutes a week with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. I mean, we've really designed just such a simple program to make you guys winners in your fantasy football leagues. And you can get access to all of it with a pro subscription. So you guys that aren't with the program yet, come get with it. If you can't beat us, you got to come join us. Zeke Elliott, I wonder if he, I don't know, he's probably a hold, obviously. But is he a sell high? I mean, that's the biggest game he could possibly ever have. We've still got uncertainty, uncertainty about his availability for the rest of the year. I think more than likely it makes it a hold. But I wonder if there's this circumstance here where you've got somebody who's just barely staying above water in your league just for whatever reason. Or maybe, you know what, maybe, maybe it's a team in your league that has, you know what, actually correct that. I think it's going to be a team in your league that's loaded up, that's totally loaded up, that says, you know what, I can, I can take the chance on taking a risk. Because if I get this guy and he's not suspended, I'm going to win this thing. Mark it down. Write the check and put it in the mail right now. And so if there's a team that's that loaded, they're going to be willing to quote-unquote overpay for Zeke Elliott. 
if I'm a team that's goosey, if I'm an owner that's goosey about Zeke's future, maybe I wasn't able to sew it up by getting Morris or McFadden. If I'm a team that just is in a conundrum for any other reason, obviously he's never a must sell. And But if I could get an absolute king's ransom for Zeke Elliott right now, with this much uncertainty still in the air, I'd consider it if I was a team that needed to shake things up for any number of reasons. Again, that's not a directive, not an instructive, but I thought that was at least interesting to chew on and a little bit, I guess, creative. All right, folks, uh, let's dive in here to the buy lows in our fantasy leagues for week eight of the 2017 fantasy football season. Play like an expert with the pro membership at rosterwatch.com. I think there's a couple of really ripe options at the wide receiver position this week to buy low on good players. Of course, I'm never going to be able to do it in any of my leagues because Trashman and Alex own them. I've already looked. But this is a good opportunity if you need help at wide receiver, if you need help at flex, to looking in at buying in low on wide receiver Keenan Allen of the Chargers. Great player. Great player. Had a good start to the season, getting a lot of targets. Has had a little lull here, but a guy that we totally trust. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's had a little fatigue in the knee, maybe, coming back. And then he's had some tough matchups here recently. But I expect, especially coming out of that bye, coming out of the Week 9 bye, I expect Keenan Allen, I expect him to finish this season strong. And uh, I think he can be had right now for a pretty reasonable amount certainly would be a great add to your team, especially in any kind of uh, PPR format. And then the other one is Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. You know, he's not a guy that anybody's going to give away, obviously. And buy low is probably a strong term, but I think he's available right now. Maybe available at a discount that's enough for us to be interested And the thing to know about Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints that I haven't heard anybody else talking about is that not only in week nine, uh, coming up, uh, he's he's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up here, uh, who's basically the best matchup for all uh, wide receivers in fantasy. And so that's after this week at home against Chicago. So... Let me back that up. It's this, this week is at home in Chicago. Then next week, week nine, is against Tampa Bay, which is just a super juicy matchup. If you look at the remainder of the schedule, what, the, what you then figure out is that Michael Thomas has six home games remaining on his schedule. Of the remaining nine games of his season, of his fantasy season, six of those are home games. Only three of those are road games. There's nothing I love more than a Michael Thomas and a Drew Brees at home in the Dome in New Orleans. And so something nobody else is talking about. Michael Thomas, wide receiver, New Orleans Saints, has six out of nine of his remaining games at home on the fast track in New Orleans. His his value is low right now. So see if you can pick him up from an unassuming owner in your league. I guarantee you he'll, he's going to put you over the top down the stretch if you can. Look, I'd rather have Michael Thomas than Amari Cooper. Go get Michael Thomas for Amari Cooper. 
Go use Jarvis Landry somehow to get Keenan Allen. Throw Latavius Murray. You know, throw throw somebody in there if you have to. Get that stuff done. Uh, possible buy low. You know, again, some of these aren't really traditional buy lows, but I just think it means they're on the table. I'm a Kelvin Benjamin owner. He's been good for me. I, I'm plenty happy with him and certainly happy to hold him. Uh, but I'd say, you know, he had the he had the big swell up on his knee. It's been last week, this last week, you know, he missed the practices. And then the game, you know, his production was average this last week. And the week before that, it was good, but not great. And so I just think Kelvin Benjamin's price tag is a, is probably reasonable right now or or it could be reasonable right now. And what I like about Kelvin, similar to what I mentioned about Michael Thomas, is he's got Tampa Bay next week, which is one of the best matchups in all of fantasy football for fantasy wide receivers. And then he's got the Falcons after that. And look, Atlanta has corners who we like a lot. A lot. We really, 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 really uh, are big, big fans of the Falcons' corners and always have been Mark, uh, Desmond Trufant and uh, Robert Alford ever since we've scouted them at the Senior Bowl and they made the roster watch all Senior Bowl team those years. But those guys are smaller corners. There's, they're just Kelvin Benjamin is a bad matchup for those guys. So I see two really nice matchups on the horizon for Kelvin Benjamin these next two weeks. I think Cam is going to bounce back from this performance in Chicago. Again, don't think he's a super buy low, but Kelvin, I believe, may be slightly depressed value right now. Who could be had. Uh, so, uh, you know, every league is different, and sometimes, you know, you got to really get creative uh, just based on, you know, some of these guys aren't available just based on which roster they're on in your league. That owner doesn't trade, or his team's in the shitter, or whatever. He's quit paying attention, so... You know, you might have to get creative. You got to Kelvin could be one of those guys to look at um, right now. Um, another guy, maybe to put in that discussion. I talked about him earlier in my trade for Melvin Gordon. I got Jerick McKinnon in return, and that made me wonder if, because you look, McKinnon had like the back-to-back twenty-pointers. He was looking like he was basically just going to replace Dalvin Cook straight up. Then last week was. A down week, but not horrible, and he's still got the majority of the snap counts. Um, but I'm not sure people believe in McKinnon, and he was a waiver wire pickup, so he's kind of bench depth for a lot of people. So I think he can be had for a little bit of a discount because he's got Cleveland this week, which is a tough matchup for fantasy running backs on paper, which actually makes me like McKinnon maybe a little bit more, a non traditional running back versus that front and then he's got the bye the week after that so I think there's could be McKinnon owners looking at him saying eh I'm not sure right now and you know had I tried to get him and Doug Martin two weeks ago for Gordon I'm not sure that well I guess Gordon was coming off the 30 pointer but had Gordon just had an ordinary week a normal week for himself a 15 pointer or something like that I'm not sure I would have been able to trade him for Jarek McKinnon and Doug Martin just a week ago with McKinnon on such fire. I think his values come down a little bit. And I don't I'm not going to tell you guys I 100% believe and trust Jarek McKinnon, but man, that offense, they've got they're going to have to ride those 
those two running backs. And McKinnon's the best one. He's certainly the best third down, third down and pass catching option. I think they're going to be in that mode a lot in Minnesota. I just think he's your best option. And what we've seen so far is an improved player who's able to show actually really big upside. So, um, I don't know if I needed a running back or a flex. Jarek McKinnon, a pretty high upside one that I would be sniffing around uh, a little bit as well. Look, we're not we're not going to ever get out over our skis on Jarek McKinnon. You know, let me be clear about that. But sometimes we got to be trash men and we got to recognize recognize the writing on the wall and eh, sometimes toil in some of these guys that maybe we didn't love before. But the fact is they're being pr- productive in our fantasy leagues. Another one of those guys that fits that narrative exactly is Lamar Miller of the Houston Texans. I'll say this. Apparently McKinnon's trade value is lower because the owner had Miller and McKinnon. I think I had a slight preference for some weird way for Miller, mainly because he had his buy out of the way, even though he's got Seattle this week. And, you know, we truly think that he's got much bigger competition with Deontay Foreman, uh, than McKinnon does with Latavius Murray. Um, but I kind of feel a little bit out of sight, out of mind with Miller. He had the bye. He was coming off a couple of nine-pointers there. He's been good. He's been better than anybody expected. I think we can thank Deshaun Watson for that. That's just a much improved offense. So uh, I guess I'm not sure we'll call Lamar Miller a buy low. But what I'd say is I, because of Deshaun Watson, I have a slight interest in all the skill players on that team right now. And I don't think Lamar Miller is anybody, anybody that people are married to. And I actually think right now he has some upside down the stretch. I also think that in a lot of leagues that you can get Deontay Foreman pretty easily as his handcuff, which is an amazing handcuff situation, one of the few handcuff situations that we would adamantly and sternly recommend. So I think Miller, let's just say he's in play. If you need a flex or a running back, I think Lamar Miller is in play for you at least to go out and look around uh, and and just take the temperature up. All right, a few more potential buy lows here for you guys before I have to get out of here. Uh, some runners of the beastly variety. Feels like Adrian Peterson after a down week and with the injury to Carson Palmer. Feels like he could be facing a depressed value on the trade market right now. I say that might be a good time to buy a guy who looked really good with volume last week and how I don't see any other up option in getting in volume moving forward at this point. Uh, I know Alex said yesterday that it's a downgrade for the offense, for the Cardinals offense. I think it's a fair assessment. I think it's more of a downgrade for the, maybe for the Cardinals receivers, but I got to tell you the truth, man. I'm not sure at this point if Drew Stanton is a downgrade from Carson Palmer. Stanton is a guy that Arians is like. Stanton's a guy that showed he's functional in the NFL as a backup when he's had to play before. You know, I, I don't love the guy, but I'm not. Carson Palmer was not good this year. He just happened to be throwing the ball an awful lot. So I'm not entirely convinced that this is a much worse situation for Adrian Peterson just because Drew Stanton has taken the helm. As a matter of fact, they might have to ride him more. If I need a runner, especially in standard or half-point PPR, I'm going to sniff around Adrian Peterson. Uh, Moving on, uh, Joe Mixon in Cincinnati complaining about not getting enough carries this week. That's never good. That's the kind of malcontent, miscreant behavior we do not want to see or hear out of 
him early in his career that you were hoping he would be maturing away from. I We understand his frustration. He's the best running back on the team, and he should be getting the lion's share of carries. Um, but it just hasn't been clicking there. And I think there's a lot of people who were told to pick up Joe Mixon that didn't even know who the hell he was, but they were told by all these experts to pick him up, and they had to own him. And it just feel like he's been a big disappointment along the way. And now they're reading on what's on the Roto World blob that pops up when they click their name or their Roto Wire blob, the news blob that kicks their name, well, that put, comes up with their name when you click them on your league. And they're just seeing something about some guy complaining and this and this and that. And he's, didn't, he didn't get very many carries. So I think there's a real opportunity to buy Joe Mixon low right now. He's a beast. Eventually he's down the stretch. It's... He's going to keep getting the volume. So it's just a matter of when and not if with Joe Mixon. Uh, Really interesting. That would be like a really cool flex player to add to your team right now, Joe Mixon. Go see what you can get done. Uh, Derek Henry and DeMarco Murray. I mean, again, I'm not overly interested in either of these guys. But at this point, they have to be by lows. They're going into the buy. It's been an abysmal situation. I think if I'm trying to take a, if I'm in a need of like a st- starter, I go see if you could buy low on Demarco Murray. Maybe if I'm a team that's winning and I've got just some piddly assets at the bottom of my team, I'm trying to consolidate to free up a roster spot, and that actually brings up a good conversation. Um, a lot of you guys, what I'm seeing, you're not doing enough of. You're getting badass teams from using the waiver wire cheat sheet every week, and your teams are loaded from top to bottom, and your benches are stacked. And now you're asking me, well, you're saying, well, now I don't have anybody I can drop to make this week's hot waiver wire pickup of the week. Well, that so that's where the trade cast comes in, guys. Is that we've got to be trash man, and what the trash man's primary principle in all of fantasy football is to always be clearing a roster spot because he loves recycling things and he loves making new and free pickups from his waiver wire or his free agent wire oftentimes and so the way to do this is if your benches have gotten too stacked that means that you need to be making some trades you need to be taking two of those guys consolidating them together and shipping them off for somebody else and clearing up a roster spot so you can continue to make waiver wire pickups henry is a guy you could maybe do that with you could go get two bench guys go find the Mur- uh, find the henry owner in your league who doesn't also own murray and doesn't need the ha- handcuff and offer him two of your lower bench guys that maybe have a little bit of waiver or appeal or flex appeal right now and get henry in return and not and this is only if you're a good team that's looking for a stash because a henry stash is gold if murray ever does go down will it happen i don't know but if you're not giving up much for him he's a good player to have at the bottom of your bench that would open up a roster spot and if the thing ever does pop it's going to win your season for you and it's not going to cost you anything more than the trash man's wooden nickels right now so go investigate it uh for those tennessee running backs it's not a it's not a instructive or a directive but it's an investigation uh if you're in either of those boxes that I just described um Jay Ajay I think he's a buy buy low right now he's been a buy low all season it's just like we say does that make him what he is you know if you're sell high all season are you finally just that's what you are you're just good 
If you're buy low all season, maybe you're just not very good. I don't know, man. The volume's still there for JHI. That team is winning. Cutler's not going to be out for that long. I I think they might even have to ride him more with Matt Moore now. So, you know, he, he may be what he is, and we're not going to overspend on him, but it just still hasn't been the big games that his owners have been expecting. I think he's available. And I, I do think just based on volume, he's a reasonable guy that if you're looking for somebody that could push you over the top down the stretch, he's a reasonable guy to try to, you know, take that swing with, you know, to try to make that happen with. Um, at the very least, he, he could be in play in your leagues. JHI is a guy that could be in play that we are more than open to considering bringing to our side of the equation as a running back if that's a deal we're trying to get done and he's involved. And um, last but not least, with the beastly set of running backs, physically beastly, not fantasy beastly. That's why they're by lows. You guys are going to laugh me out of the universe for this one. But what if I told you that Marshawn Lynch was a buy low? I know you're laughing. You're dying right now. Most of y'all want to drop him. Look, if you have to drop him, you have to drop him. Um, I have no idea to predict what's going to go on with Marshawn Lynch. I truthfully thought, genuinely, truthfully thought he was going to have a LeGarrette Blunt type role this year like Blunt had last year. All the writing was on the wall. You know, I apologize. I'll take that one. I apologize to you guys. I was at Raiders camp. I was all over that. You know, it looked like it was going to pop. It didn't. You know, I'll take the heat for that, man. There was just so many. I mean, I there was just so many signs that to that thing pointed to that working out. So we took a calculated, a well and highly calculated risk. Didn't work out. And he's he's hurt some people along the way, but I'll tell you, it's it's like I said on the podcast yesterday with Alex. Some of these guys, that's just the way it goes. You have to live. You have to accept the fact that some of these guys, you're not going to be the one who reaps the rewards of their production because they're going to screw you early in the season, and you weren't going to be the one that was able to hold them. And you can't have too much cognitive dissonance about it. You just have to understand that that's just the facts of life when you play fantasy football. Now, so if you've already let him go. So be it. That's fine. If you haven't let him go, consider what I'm going to say here. And that's just that he doesn't, he doesn't have a great schedule either, you know, and he's got a bye in week 10. So he's missing week eight, comes back for week nine, and then a bye in week 10, and then a tough schedule after that. So I think you could sell that to whoever has him, who, who, who is also completely disenfranchised with them, disenchanted with them at the moment, nonetheless. And so I think it could be a Derrick Henry type deal or even less for Marshawn Lynch, where you're literally just just freeing up some space at the bottom of your roster so you can, this is actually a benefit to you, so you can still go make more waiver wire pickups this next week and cultivate more waiver wire gold. You need the space. And, and, and restock those restock two of those guys with a player like Lynch, somebody you have no plans on playing right now. You're not going to design any plans around for the long term. But just on the off chance, he starts to pop. I mean, that offense is, looks like it's starting to heat up with Oakland. Derek Carr is starting to get healthy. Even if he can just resume regular goal line activities for a high-powered offense, once he gets back from the suspension and the bye, that's a guy who at least has low and flex appeal if you run into an injuries or a pinch 
later in the season. And if by some chance Richard or Washington get hurt or the game scripts start to call uh, for a more run-oriented attack, a more punishing attack, he's still going to have some upside. You know, and part of the school of thought is that Todd Downing has been pacing and resting Marshawn Lynch so that they can try to close the season with him down the stretch. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got a little uptick in volume too uh, later in the season uh, since they've kind of kept him fresh to this point. So that's Marshawn Lynch. I don't think you have to give up a bag of Skittles for that guy. And... Um, it's it's not the it's certainly not the the worst stash. And you know what? I have a feeling he's going to be motivated after the suspension to come back and show something to his teammates. Okay, guys. Before we wrap up, gosh, I, I did so much work for y'all. I, there's see, there's still a few more things here. Uh, Travis Kelsey probably not a buy low, but he's been a bit slow lately. He's got a great matchup with Denver this week. A lot of People are scared of Denver as a fantasy defense. And anytime any of their fantasy players are facing them, at this point, smart fantasy players know that Denver is a good matchup for fantasy tight ends. So if there's a Travis Kelsey owner in your league that doesn't know that, they might be looking down saying, man, Travis Kelsey, he's been kind of slow the last two weeks. He's got a horrible matchup with Denver this week. And then he's got a bye week after that. Again, I'm not sure it's a buy low. I think it represents an opportunity to at least poke around Travis Kelsey in your leagues right now if you're looking to upgrade your tight end position. That would be a wonderful add uh, to anybody's team. And then Devontae Parker in Miami, starting to get healthy again. Out of sight, out of mind. I think he's Cutler hurt. I, I, I would say in most leagues he is an ultimate I mean, he is an ultimate buy low. He should be cheap as dirt. If he's not, then don't touch him. But if you can get Devontae Parker for cheap as dirt or, you know, right now, I'd say that's a that's a low-risk, high-upside investment, and those are the types of transactions that we like to engage in with our maniacal and sick fantasy minds at rosterwatch.com. Um I still promise at some point Parker's going to pop with Cutler. I don't know when it's going to be, guys, but there's going to be some stretch. Don't have any plans on starting starting him, you know, uh, in the short term, but he's a great stash right now if you can buy him for next to nothing. All right, let's see here. Um, you know, I was looking at the matchup tool that came out today. Uh, the proprietary matchup tool that comes out every Wednesday at rosterwatch.com. It's probably our most popular in-season tool. And, you know, I was realizing I don't really like Carlos Hyde's schedule very much uh, ahead. And, you know, I'm just not sure. I think it's going to depend on your league of whether he's a buy low or a sell high right now. But I think his price is one of an RB2 at the moment, which at least makes him an asset that's up for discussion. We're not long for a schedule coming up. If you want to have a look at the matchup tool, uh, if you want to have a look, if you want to have access to the matchup tool and more tools and more content just like it, come join our winning community with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. And uh, that can help you figure out to, to, what to do with some of these players 
Carlos Hyde, a player that's been he's he's been in a lot of transactions across a lot of leagues so far this year. He's a buy low, he's a sell high. Nobody knows what he is. He's kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when it comes to fantasy. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, guys, we told you weeks ago he had a horrible seven-week stretch coming out and to, uh, ahead and to sell him. It has turned out exactly as we thought. And outside of this matchup, here's the thing. So you're starting to think maybe you're out of the woods if you happen to keep him or if you were on the wrong side of that and you traded for him and you didn't realize what you were getting into. Maybe you're starting to think you're on the... Uh, you're starting to get uh, out of those woods because of the matchup this week with San Francisco. But don't look now, guys. It is a horrible schedule the rest of the way, all the way until week 16 for Alshon Jeffrey. Go look for yourself. I don't want anything to do with this guy. I think this is an opportunity with people just thinking that Carson Wentz is on fire. Even though Alshon's underperformed, Wentz is on fire. It makes that offense look good. It makes those assets, those fantasy assets on that team more appealing. I think with that and with the matchup against San Francisco this week looking so juicy on paper, this is your time. If you haven't done it yet, this is your opportunity to sell to sell Alshon Jeffrey, guys. Trust me, you don't want to live that Alshon Jeffrey life the rest of this season. This ain't going to be a good one. And T.Y. Hilton, I'd say he's been on this trade cast quite a bit as well. I'd say he's right in the same boat with Alshon Jeffrey. This thing fell apart two weeks ago for him, coming off the monster when he had the juicy matchup on paper at Tennessee. It was impossible to sell him high after the monster game because you were licking your chops to play him in the monster matchup against Tennessee and then prep to sell him high. It was a disaster at Tennessee, and there's been no recovery since. Uh, he's got a bad schedule, folks, moving forward. I'm not sure what you're going to do with him, but he needs to be on your mind. He might, Maybe he's a buy low with somebody who's completely off the bandwagon in, in your league, maybe somebody who feels about like him like I do. Um, but I would just say more than anything, uh, let's keep an eye on Hilton and every opportunity we have to get his value back up and to uh, ship him uh, ship him out if we can because we're not long for his schedule moving forward. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, I can't uh, say how much we appreciate our pro community at rosterwatch.com that uh, makes this trade cast and everything else we do um, possible. It's just a blessing for all of us, and we have so much fun uh, do, uh, doing this each and every week. So please remember to follow us on Twitter at Rosterwatch, and also please go to iTunes, give this podcast a maniacal five-star review. Become a winner in just a few minutes a week with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me today, and until next week, be good, Rosterwatch Nation. On that trade floor, I make my trades flip That's one trade that I just made Your whole mother and father's wage slip I leave West End with a few expensive bags I be selling stocks and then I buy it back Then I hit the clubs and then I ball out I got the tax man thinking I'm supplying crap But I'm at the same place sitting at my desk Trying to buy the dollar and then I sell the yen Exit the trade and then I take the profit Then I ball out with my nigga tunes again